I am unashamed. What about you? So, Dad, I noticed you've got a new uh, coffee mug there. <laughs> yeah, Phyllis gave me that. <laughs> so read it for the, the ones who are listening. What does it say? Happiness is watching gun smoke over and over again. <laughs> did, did she have that custom made or is that actually somebody had that as a... Evidently, cup? there are more of me's <laughs> out there in the world somewhere. I think it's the, for the over 70s crowd. Turn on old Matt Dillon and see what see what kind of sinful behavior he is dealing with. You know, I've never watched Gunsmoke. Yeah. You've missed a lot in your life, Jason. <laughs> Somehow that doesn't surprise me, Dad. You didn't even remember it as a kid because I loved Gunsmoke growing didn't up. Didn't watch that one. Really? No. So I, because it was on all through my childhood. Been on for 50 years. It's, it's one that, for a long time, it was the longest running series on American television. He deals with the human race and their sins. And he's he's where he he he's judgment day. In other words, I was out digging in the dirt, Al. Playing, Don't mess with Matt. Playing war. Yeah, you know, running. But you're right. I, I I never thought about it in a spiritual context. But Dad sees the he, so he was like he he plays the role of the judge, and then he's weeding out good the good guys. He, in the he, he doesn't play the judge. He 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 played law. Did you violate the law? Yep. If you didn't violate the law, you have no trouble with Matt Dillon. How many Dillon. times was Matt Dillon shot over the course of the 20 He has years? more holes in than Swiss cheese. <laughs> and somehow he keeps recovering. Oh, he's like but a... But the ones that went up against him since the show must go on, it's a dead-end street when you run up it. You're going to lose. Yeah. you sort of. That's why or the yeah. show wouldn't would have run 50 years. This is the perfect backdrop for an overview of Romans because it's a lot of the law of works versus the law that's of true. faith. That's true. I never thought about that. Yes. The people who wrote this, you got to remember, they started in the 50s, I think. It may have even, yeah. He, I think they started. Oh, definitely in the 50s. You know, it was a radio show. I remember listening to them on the radio. Right. He and Chester, they were there. They had the sound like the horse is coming. <laughs> and uh, they did the same thing. So now, was it James Arness was the same actor was on the radio? Was I, think so. yeah. I think so. I think so. So he was like Matt Dillon for 30 years. He was. Because it went through the 70s. Because I saw it was in color by the time I, you know. They started. made a final movie. He made a movie uh, based on the episode. And, and they had him. And it, it, he was probably mid-70s, my age or older. Yeah. But I would say the years had taken a toll. Well, you, remember the, you remember the show Mission Impossible, but not the movies, the show. Well, the guy on there was his brother. Oh, in real right? life, yeah. yeah. The, the guy with the white hair that was kind of yeah. the leader of and the let mission. me guess, then they did it. They did it every week. It was just burns me. <laughs> uh, it, it's a, it's just, why are people so vulnerable? Let's do a show and call it Mission Impossible, and then we'll go do it. <laughs> because that that's the hook guys. that made it anti-god i mean it's just <laughs> without faith it is impossible to please god now that's a mission impossible uh, trying to keep little... jesus buried impossible yeah. uh, but we just we like the idea we just don't want the life change that goes along with the truth uh, that it's was a pet peeve of mine now. That was the back of the formula television. But although that one was actually a pretty interesting take for its era, most of them were the crime shows. It was all about, it was detectives, you know, cop shows, streets of San Francisco, 
You remember that one? You know, they had the old guy on there. So it was those, those kind of shows. Cannon, which Cannon was a detective, and he weighed about 350 pounds. A big old belly yeah. on him. They remind you on ep- on every episode, outdated, outdated cultural depiction, meaning don't think this was really. really? Yeah, they, they, they don't want you to say. So that's the little woke crowd now. The woke crowd to letting you know, they, 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 wait a minute, they're the law and order like here. No, you don't. You that, don't that's way outdated. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> they're outdating law and order? Yep. Yep. You can't have you can't have the good guys and the bad guys. Everybody's just got to be. See with Ladilla and with Matt, the good always won, always. Good always triumphs over evil, which is biblical, and but they don't like that at all. Yeah, I love the what this hmm. going back and and putting the labels on there, and it even some shows it was ridiculous. The Muppets and stuff like they're doing the same thing on stuff like that. Sure, everything's go back, take it out. Well, so we're uh, we're in Romans officially uh, now. This is a, a great study that we're looking forward to. We kind of touched on it a little bit in one of the past podcasts, but we're actually going to start diving into it. I, I thought kind of the the thinking behind us going here next was that we started out. Of course, we did an overview when we first started the podcast, and some of you guys that are new and you're kind of listening, kind of the current, but you're trying to go back. I would encourage you to go back. Um, and and start from the beginning because we kind of give an overview of the Old Testament and what led to Jesus getting here. Then we did a study in the book of John, which was Jesus here, which, and, well, but you know, you I can go back. done like 300 episodes. I know. Some of these people will not be on the earth by the time they get to the <laughs> no, end. No, you would be shocked. So J.D., a guy I was telling you about that, that got baptized last week, he went back and got them all. He told me, I, you know, it was 400 of them, but I, I mean, 300 of them, but I, I got them. Well, I know? wonder how much work he got done during that period. Well, but he works, he mows a golf course. So like he can oh, all day, oh, he can okay. listen to it. Well, that'll so, work. Yeah. So a lot of people are binge listening uh, or watching our podcast. So we did the book of John, which as Jason said, simply and rightly, that it was before Jesus got here, Jesus was here. And now we're in the phase of, you know, he's been gone. For 2,000 years. Well, and he's coming back. And he's coming back. Because it's like if you told me to pick out, I'll put you on the spot. If you told me to pick out a theme in Romans, I mean, what's a verse that that just immediately comes to your mind? Well, for me, it's always what we named the podcast on, Romans 1. I thought you'd say that, yeah. which is why I justify doing going through the book of Romans, you know, usually I stick to the book of John. Right. Because, you know, if I picked out a verse to prove my point, it's three words in the first paragraph when Paul, he starts writing a servant of Christ Jesus. There's a hint. Called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, which is what Jesus did. The gospel what Jesus did, has done, is doing, will do, however you want to describe it, through the prophets in the Holy Scriptures, what you just said, yep. G- Jesus is coming. That he, he promised beforehand, which Jesus is coming. Yep. So the theme I have is the first three words in the NIV of verse 3, regarding his son. Yep. Because if you don't, regard Jesus in this light, whatever else he writes in any letter after this, which is why they always begin, you know, with the gospel or about Jesus. If you miss that, then the rest of it 
falls apart. Right. So I think you do that even in a church building. You can try to figure out theology and how we're going to worship and where we're going to set up and what how we view this and that. And everybody has their little views on the Internet. Here's what we believe. And if you don't regard Jesus because he is the image of the invisible God, he, John 1, 17, he explains God or exegetes God. He's made him known. If you want to know about God, you're going to have to look at it through the eyes of Jesus and his attitude, his personality, which then you go back to the Gospels. And and that's why we make that statement is right. my point. And the, and the point that, that I'm making <clears throat> is that it wasn't the reason, it's not accidental the way the Bible's laid out that you have the Old Testament, then you have four different accounts of Jesus by four different eyewitnesses. And then you have Acts, which is what happened immediately after he left, which is the establishment of the church, the unlocking of the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And then you get to the first epistle, uh, or the first letter, which is Romans, and which is exactly where we left Paul in Rome, you know, under house arrest, yep. which he would eventually die there, <clears throat> writing this book or this letter. Yeah. And it's a book for us. So what I've always loved about Romans is, to me, it's the most comprehensive understanding of, of the gospel itself. I mean, what he does is break he breaks it down at a deep level. But remember, this is the kind of the first thing going out to the Gentiles. So, you know, th- this is a lot of cultural differences. In, in the yeah, days. when you think of Romans, that, what stood out to me is all these movies. We were talking about TV shows, and they always view the Romans – in such a light, I don't even know how to describe them. Like this pageantry and power, and in those types of movies. And here I'm like, you're writing a letter to the to the Romans who are believers. I bet those people had it rough. Yeah, I mean, just because this was frowned upon. Oh, this this seems so weak from what they present as in this time, yeah. as being a national power, which you go over there now, I think you'd get a different life. <laughs> well, you uh, would, but well, you know what's interesting is out of all the places we, we mentioned when we were in Acts about Greece, about Athens, Dad, when we were there, but we also went to Rome and filmed for that movie, Torchbearer, and I was amazed at how well they had preserved things from this century for us to look at. It was amazing. It was pretty amazing. I mean, the Colosseum... Is is amazing to think you. Most of it's still standing. Still standing, and they had mm. kind of redone the deck on there. And of course, one of the things where they kept our brothers and sisters underneath that floor mm. of it, it was like cubicles. Yeah, and they had the lines in one, and then their tigers and the people handling them before they turn them loose on our brothers and sisters for everyone to see them being mauled by wild animals. Yeah, it was all right there in front of you. It was a, what can I say? It was a, it was a. If you look at the ruins and you're standing in amongst them, it was it's a it was a powerful thing in lieu of the, this book right here. That's exactly right. That's what I mean. That's what the movie world is missed. You you think of the movie Gladiator, which look I like that movie that yeah. Russell Crowe was in, but you never think the world never thinks that the more powerful people were the peasants outside who are believers in Jesus. That's why it, this is so ridiculous to them. I mean, you're like, oh, these people are more powerful than the guy fighting in the ring, you know, cutting off people's heads. 
You're yeah. trying to tell me that this person is, is more powerful? Yes, because he is the Holy Spirit of God. It yeah. was kind of a, a version of what we watch on, we've toned it down on Sunday evenings where men run, violent men, butt heads. <laughs> they, they're saying they got rules about the head button now because yeah. they found out, you know. you. you Are you know, talking about professional wrestling? No. Bro. I'm talking about professional <laughs> football <laughs> on Sunday evening. Oh, you're watching, I had no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. I thought you saw, you watching wrestling? We've kind of watered it down <laughs> to where on Sunday evenings you see violent men and they, they, they come together and they clash. I mean, mm -hmm. it's but it's not to the death. Although some get severely injured, yeah, well, I mean, do. but it's a pretty brutal thing to watch when grown men that are muscled up and talked up. If you just went back two thousand years and you went to that Coliseum, it was like Sunday evening football with with a little more, <laughs> with a little more, a little more blood. Well, the it. intensity of these people are dying. <laughs> oh, what are you they talking were about? Cheering, and I mean, it just turned into a barbaric. It's a lot like. It's the same kind of picture, but we sort of toned it down a little bit where it's it's not violent enough to where you say, well, you know, people are getting their heads lopped off or wild animals are eating them. But it was just for entertainment. Yeah. On, 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 and they would meet there and watch the action, And but it was a brutal thing. Yeah. Oh. It, it was a lot about popularity, which I thought Gladiator deals with some of that in the sense that it's a lot of it is a distraction from politics and all that. You know, kind of the you know, if the people are happy. If and think you know. about this: the the in the book of Romans, that's in lieu of just prior to a a massive uh, uh, move on the Roman Empire to crush Christianity. Right. This was written in about what fifty five, fifty three or so. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the fifties. Right. So this is what right around sixty, about twenty five years after Jesus. So this. Pretty pretty early in the game, as oh, they yeah. say. Well, I think that's why when you read a verse that I'm not ashamed of the gospel when you wrote that, it means more when you look back at the culture. Whew. Because if you declare that, you're, you're going to be persecuted or viewed as, as weak. And the reason I picked up that phrase regarding his son, you know, Jesus said in Luke 9, it made me think of that when you, when you said the unashamed. Hang on, Jess, let's take a break before you read that. So, right on this podcast, we talk a lot about aches and pains. You are surrounded by old, yeah, yeah. old men. You know, this is no country. I just turned 40 this year, so I'm starting to feel that, yeah, that, that little really, bit. Oh, yeah. It's all over. It's oh, yeah. pretty much downhill. It's from here. <laughs> so, Another 40 and you're 80. That means you're going, down the, you're going on down the hill now. That's a and, steeper hill, huh? And, and I will say that <laughs> as of now, you are closer to 80 than 70. That is correct. <laughs> as Dad says, the resurrection looms large. So you've got help, help <laughs> coming there, help I've, on the way. Help is actually here. Uh, one of the products that we take, Ryan, that helps us with uh, – because – Pain, aches and pains, typically, they come from inflammation. I mean, that's that's your enemy. And so there's a company, Omega XL. I've been doing research for 35 years. I had a wonderful conversation with them about what causes pain and what causes aches. And so they come up with a product that's basically, it's an oil that comes from muscles uh, that are actually farmed in New Zealand, which is pretty amazing. Saltwater muscles. Yeah, exactly. So she explained it to me. It makes perfect sense. It works. It's worked for all of us. So if you want to check it out, you go to omegaxl.com slash fill. You're going to buy a bottle, get a second bottle for free uh, just for because you're listening to our podcast. So that's Omega 
xl.com slash phil or you can call them 800-844-4888 that's 800-844-4888 luke 9 23 jesus said if anyone would come after me he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me which would be in direct contrast to the roman way you know, you're the most powerful, the the strongest rise up. And then he says, whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? So the next statement is the most profound one, but I know that, you know, if I heard this, I'd be thinking, I don't know. This doesn't sound very appealing to me. (laughs) And then Jesus says these words, if anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the son of man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the father and of the holy angels. I tell you the truth, which is an interesting way to segue into this. Some who are standing here will not taste death before they will see the kingdom of God. So there's a lot there. I mean, there's this battle between choose the world or choose me. Yep. There's this idea of you want to follow me, you better bring your cross. This is not going to be easy. Is it going to be me or you? Which is really what I touched on with with the Roman theme of this law of works versus law of faith. Are you going to try to do this on your own merit? Or are you going to trust me? Yeah. And then he brings up the idea of the kingdom, which is what we're a part of. And when you're looking at the backdrop of this Roman Empire, it just seems ridiculous for you to say, oh, no, I'm a member of a kingdom that will crush this. We will win. Well, and and if you you want a deeper dive into what happened, especially in this first century, you can read the book, Fox's Book of Martyrs, if you want to read about historically what happened to a lot of the people that Jace was just talking about, <clears throat> it was brutal. I mean, it was terrible. And, uh, I mean, all of our early you know, brothers and sisters faced this. They were and, slaughtered. And it's really interesting because up until when we're going through the book of Acts in the first 25 years of the church, all of the persecution is coming from the Jewish side. Remember, every time Paul would go to town, it was the Jews that would stir it up, and you know they're the ones that stoned Stephen. So all it was coming from them, but now the gospel is going out into the Gentile world, and Rome is the epicenter of everything. I mean, they they're the they're yeah. the superpower of yeah. their age, and so now the persecution is starting to shift over from the Gentiles. So the kingdom of God has been is is was born in Jerusalem. It's reached all the way to Rome. You say. And the kingdom of God is operating under the umbrella of an earthly kingdom called the kingdom of iron because it smashes everything. So they're going in. When Paul wrote those things in the last last statement in the book of Acts, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus. He stayed there for, you know, two years. It wasn't long after that that they lopped his head off because they'd stand over you and you will bow to Caesar and him only, and they would say, I won't pray to Caesar. I'll pray for him, yeah. but I won't pray to him. But when they said that, beheaded him, beheaded him. Wasn't Nero in charge 
at this phase. He was, yeah. He, 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 it, yeah, right, right, right after that. Just the right most after ruthless. That. Yeah. So, so Dad and I saw some places at the forum, and because there's still all these old places that were around during this era, during the Nero era, and they showed us where they were places. So he would take Christians, and he would he would put them on a spike. I mean, just impale their bodies, and then set them on fire. Oh, yeah. To light his gardens. That's right. I mean, you talk about just coming up with just evil, terrible ways. And then, of course, Dad mentioned the Colosseum, and a lot of early Christians and a lot of slaves and other people too were basically mauled by lions. Our brothers and, and sisters on. were slaughtered. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing. One of the things I think, Jace, happened is that now in modern day America, it hasn't reached that level because. You know, we, we use a lot of Roman law in America, but the a constitutional republic is a little more healthy than what they had going on with these monarchies and these yeah. emperors. Yeah. But but it's so they could uh, be brutal much quicker without any qualms. So they you you stood up and got in their way, or somebody running the mouse down the street, or hollering about hollering about they down there hollering about this Jesus or something. I said, go down and kill him. Well, and then he was just... I mean, throw him in prison. I mean, look, these they took a beating. Yeah. That's yeah. what the book of Revelation's all but I about. I think that's why, you know, Romans has been coined the constitution of Christianity. I've heard that before, yeah. you know. Because really, I think the point of Luke 9 is a spiritual concept more than a physical. We immediately think, oh, well, don't be ashamed because they'll kill you. But he was also planting the seed for you're going to win this from the inside out yep. because obviously the sport, the spirit would be poured out later after he, he said that in Luke nine. And then when you get to Romans, well, the spirit's been poured out. People are now have access to it. They're now sharing Jesus everywhere, despite the backdrop of the Roman empire. And you get to something like Romans six, where he then makes this analogy you know, with this take up your cross in mind, and he's like, you die to sin, you know, because of what you understand in Jesus. You know, Romans 3, when it says the but now righteousness from God is revealed, this law of faith, this faith in Jesus, and then you get to Romans 6, you can actually you can actually take your spiritual cross and reenact, you know, in baptism, this this death, burial, and resurrection, what you believe. So I believe Jesus was planting that seed back then. You know, even so, when we fast forward to 2,000 years, it's still the same principle. At some point, you got to figure out, do I want prosperity in this world and forfeit my soul, or do I want to go all in on Jesus? Well, and- Of course, it's like it's we're at a time frame here when he writes this in the mid-50s A.D., for by 500 A.D., took about 400 years for the for God to finally say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing it down. <laughs> the, the kingdom, my kingdom will march on. By the time you get to like Constantine. Yeah, that's 300. Was, yeah, 300 years or so. Well, by the time they roll in there, well, well lo and behold, they're converted. Yeah, well, Constantine was the, the first emperor to become a Christian yeah. on record. He's think, the one that sent the monk, the, the guy underneath him down in there, uh, Dionysius Exegus, sends him down there and says, I'll tell you what, you go back and you get in their archives and you find out when this Jesus showed up because I'm, yep. I'm fixing to start following him. 
So he sends the monk down there, and he's the one that went out in there, looked at all the archives, said, well, I've got it down to where about, you know, when Augustus was here, it's yeah. when he showed up. Yeah. Well, he was talking to Constantine. He said, yeah, Augustus. Well, then the next one about about uh, 18, you know, that was about uh, when Jesus, about the uh, next 15 years, he dies, and the other one, I forgot his name. Close enough. Yeah, but Tiberius. Tiberius. So that was about when Jesus was 18, 17, 18. Right. Well, by the time Jesus left Tiberius, but it was a tranquil time. Some, yeah. some of them well, wrote us and said, why did he pick that time? Well, Daniel's the one that said he would do it, but it was uh, Rome was at peace with not many wars at the time Jesus right. showed up. It was a pretty good place, but, well, I think, but I think, it went, it went I, south in a hurry. Well, not think, only that, it was, I mean, we know, because Paul said in several other letters that God sent his son when the time had fully come. So he purposely picked this point in history yep. to come here. That's I right. think the time was for our benefit, and also you got to throw in that Second Corinthians passage that that says none of the rulers understood who Jesus was. If they would, they wouldn't have crucified him. Yep. I mean, look, Jesus is underestimated today, just as much as he was back then. That's why you are Ro absolutely these correct. Roman leader, because every yeah. time they would dig deeper, they would say, oh, "Wait a minute, this guy's from Nazareth. He's a carpenter." I mean, Nazareth was just a a gar hole. This guy's causing of, of, all this trouble. His people out there, they, which for those who don't know what that means, you know, as commercial fishermen, you would find pristine waters where where you'd have a better chance to catch something great. But if you ever went and put your nets out in a spot that didn't catch, we would call that a gar hole. Because all you get, there, <laughs> yeah, all that in there was gar. Let's take another break. That's why, that's why Jesus never told them, go in there and overthrow the government, kill them all, get the emperor, get them. He says, I, I do jobs of that, that magnitude. I'm the one who will bring them down, not you. Well, right. Love them and point them to me as best you can, even if you're in prison. The Apostle Paul gave us a model. Okay, you know, what's happened to me, you know, is worthy of note. I'm down here. They got me on the chains. But you know what? I got a good prison ministry going. And uh, the whole prison guard, my guards, I've all heard the gospel here. And they got them all. Even in the book of Acts, you know, the, the jailer was out there. And, and the prisoners were baptizing him. But, so, it, it, just, but it goes it, against our idea of power. Yeah. You just think about it. it it'd be like going to Russell Crowe during halfway through the movie. Because he's trying to win his free, win the crowd, which I've used that line many times. Win the crowd, win your freedom. Get the people on your side. But halfway through it, he just says, you know what? There's a there's a sheep herder down here that that works on the spiritual side of things. And I'm going to gain my victory and my freedom by selling everything I got, and I'm going to go follow him. Well, that maybe, I mean, that would have gone from a nine to a one. <laughs> It, it, I think that's the problem here. But even in the movie, <clears throat> the setup was he was a powerful general for another emperor, right. and then when it goes down into the slave and comes down. back. So yeah. even then, he was still a powerful person. I mean, he kind of had to re, be redeveloped. He had a certain set of skills. <laughs> he did. That, he was like that. Now, guy. I preached the gospel <laughs> to the last president and personally two or three times. So... I got the gospel preached to him. You say, well, what about the current one? If I have the opportunity, I will preach the gospel 
to the the, the one who's in power now. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And right now, it could be worse as far as if you just look around. They're not to the beheading stage yet. No, but I think we're. I'm not ruling it out, but I'm just saying persecution comes many, many ways. Well, you talked uh, about. You know, it's interesting that our country, the founders, really were pretty brilliant because. They took the idea of 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 republic, constitutional republic, from the idea of Rome without the emperor. Yep. Then you also have some of the democratic ideas of Greece, and you they roll that into one idea of governance. But God is the king. That's right. Because the founders said, I mean, Jefferson wrote, he's the one that gives us the rights. So it is a brilliant way to live. But it then, is. But Franklin was right. If you can keep it. If you can keep <laughs> because it. Because now we've got a whole situation where people want to have and, to. And we're falling back into the same mistakes all the empires did. Their That's misunderstanding right. of the God and of Jace heaven. Jason's right. Then it's always about power. So we'll, we'll see where it all I mean, ends to up. Me, but... It goes back to that one of the first stories in John where he ran up on Nathaniel. And remember Nathaniel, which we talked about a couple podcasts ago, the trees around the Sea of Galilee. You know, he's under a fig tree, and he's trying to figure out the whole plan of, of life. He's upset, and things are not going going great. And you know, then his buddy Philip you know, brings this guy Jesus, and they have an interesting conversation, which basically Jesus said, I knew what you were thinking. I knew you under the fig tree. So, but because his attitude toward Jesus was like everybody else. When he heard he's from Nazareth, he underestimated him. He's like, "Well, I, you can't be the Messiah. You're, 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 you're. I know who you, where you came from. I know who who you're with." And then they have this bizarre story, which eventually Jesus quotes this event that happened in Genesis 28 about Jacob's ladder which is here's Jacob out in the middle of a pasture somewhere using a rock for a pillow, and he sees this vision and angels descending you know, up and down the ladder to heaven. And so Jesus quotes that in John 1. He says, I tell you the truth, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man, which was implied what Nathaniel was thinking. So here he was, Nathaniel thinking, here's this just... You know, low income guy coming from nowhere, claiming to be the Messiah. And then all of a sudden he displays this power of, I know what you were thinking. I know the exact passage you were thinking. And he's basically relating to him. I'm the ladder. I'm the door to heaven. Not this old system that you were under. And he, he made comments throughout the entire gospel the same way. You remember when he went in the temple and he's like, I'm the temple. You destroy this temple, I'll raise it up in three days. Well, all this stuff was like, all the all the trust in their power and everything we think of as true power, he was just doing the exact opposite. He looked weak. He looked like he didn't have the credentials to be who he was, but then they couldn't explain how he's doing these miracles. He was a king and the followers were there. And it sort of spooked the Roman Empire because they were thinking, what, what is this? these people? What, what are they doing? I mean, they thought like, well, we may be in jeopardy from this crazy bunch. Well, because all of the followers, all the disciples, and we see it over and over and over again in the Gospels, misunderstood why Jesus came. They thought it was a physical 
restoration. And, and a lot of people still miss it today. Uh-huh. They don't understand that this is a spiritual kingdom. And he kept uh-huh. trying to tell them that he's like, well, look, we're going to be above governments. It's not going to be about governments anymore. That's right. But they just, they all missed it. because We're looking at it and saying correctly, everything has a spiritual solution. That's right. They're looking at it from everything has a governmental <laughs> Correct. You see what I'm saying? Which is, which is why we don't wring our hands when someone comes into power in our system that, you know, goes against what we believe. Because <laughs> we're just like, that's that's what people do. That's what men do. We read the book of Romans and said, yeah, well, here we go. You know, uh, I think we've got maybe a group that showed up. You say, oh, do they have any knowledge of God? You say, no. You say, well, we got some trouble for a while here. We'll see how it works out. But whether... We're, we're mutilated, killed, ostracized, or whatever happens to us. We're children of the resurrection. We pawn with Jesus and we move on, no matter who's our president or whatever. But I think it's this persona that people have to get over, especially the man's man. And look, I've studied with him anyone, and I consider myself one when I came to Jesus. I mean, it was because this, my view of it was weak. I was like, these are weak people. These, they, you know, they cry and. You know, how am I gonna love my enemies? Like, well, come yeah, on. I'm like, <laughs> come on, that dude needs his butt foot. You know, that, that's <laughs> the kind of stuff I'm gonna give him the right hand of fellowship, and yeah. we want this this kind of power. But it reminds me of this since we're talking about this. This scripture popped in my head, and when Paul told the Corinthians, and "Hang said, on, James, let's take a break." Before you read that. When Paul told the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 13, 4, he said, For to be sure, Jesus was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. Likewise, we are weak in him, yet by God's power, we will live with him to serve you. And that's really, I think, the ultimate question of how we view, here's with the backdrop in Rome, that's what he was saying. I mean, that this power is hard to manifest itself out there, but you trust me in Jesus. You 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 get your eyes on Jesus, and all of a sudden you become the most powerful being on planet, no matter what it looks like. That's right. Or what anybody you know, it's says. It's interesting. That I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, but called God calling human beings is said about four times. We receive grace and apostleship. Romans 1 5 to for a reason to call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. You also are among those who are called to belong to Christ, mm-hmm. to all in room who are loved by God and called to be saints. You're like, so God is uh is uh well, how do you all the words from these apostles, Al, and their con- converts, <clears throat> you, it was God calling the human race, come on, come on. You know, we have life and immortality here. We have forgiveness of sins here. We have the spirit of God that's imperishable seed, immortality, eternal life is riding on. And he's calling them through this apparatus he set up. And the Romans are saying, kill them. But, But none of them, all the ones that died, they still live to this day. Yeah, they're alive. You know, I would compare that, Dad, to <clears throat> to the era of what a hope. The era of the of the forties when you had World War II happening, 
And the world was basically all hanging on what happens in this war. And in in America, we, you know, we were slow to get in because we were like, yeah, that's over there. We don't want to you know, yeah. get into it. But when we got into it, when, when there was Pearl Harbor, it was a calling. Yep. And so, you know, you see all those old signs. You know, Uncle Sam is calling you oh, yeah. everywhere, the calling for the war effort. The women are making planes and tanks. And My father was a soldier. My mother was an airplane riveter for exactly. the Defense Department. I mean, They're out of California, which is where you well, were concerned. same thing happened 9-11. Exactly. I mean, a lot of people sitting there and they're like, now just wait a, a doggone minute here. Right. I mean, it. it you're, you feel called just by seeing evil. Oh, and so many people went joined the military after nine eleven immediately. I mean, they were like, "We're getting, we're getting in on this because we're called to something bigger." So I think it's. I always think of that same thing when I see those texts. The, Rome was a powerful, even was a powerful, powerful uh, kingdom, but in the end, you can go over there now and look around and say. There, there's Zeus. He's over on the ground in you know, a statue. You know, you say the whole thing collapsed, and you say, "Hmm, one more in a long line, all the way to present day." And it keeps going back to what old Jace keeps saying, "What am I doing here?" But you, you know, know that what? what? <laughs> what? Well, it, but you even think about when Jesus said, "God," there's there. I think it's Matthew twelve where he said, "He's the Father's the Lord of heaven and earth," and it, it doesn't seem like a profound statement, but when you think about what we do in the world, we worship the sun or the moon or the God, you know, they came up with all these gods that were from these different planets and we're fascinated with all that. And then here comes this guy from Nazareth. And we say we can save the planet. We can save yeah, the cosmos. We, we can, yeah, we can't, I mean, we can you know, do some recycling. And <laughs> when you start looking at it, man, we're just lucky to be alive. <laughs> this place is volatile and we're perishable. And so, you know, so much for the whole galaxy. But when he makes a simple statement like that, he's like, you, you, the sun doesn't care about you. Guess what? If you get too close to it, you know what's going to happen? You're going to burn up without mercy. Yep. The moon doesn't care about you. Not, none of this stuff that we lift up or create gods that they're the god of the sun or the god of the moon. Well, how much how much concern do they have for you? None. <laughs> no. None of this stuff. You know, we talked about trees and people hug them all over the world. Yep. Guess what? That tree doesn't care about you. No. It doesn't care if you're hugging them or not. And so that's why when, I love it when Jesus makes those statements about he he's he's above that. It makes me think of that passage in Hebrews three, where it says the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. I mean, why is he saying that? Of course, he goes back to Moses and the history because they were putting all their faith, which would have been tough if you've been taught a certain way your whole life through and then generation after generation, generation. Then here comes a guy from Nazareth saying, okay, here's, we got a new way. <laughs> They're like, no, we're going to go with Moses. The old way. So then he's like, especially religious people who are the most hard headed people on the planet. <laughs> yeah. But he makes that statement, which is a really good statement. When he Hebrews three, three, Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house 
has greater honor than the house itself. Yep. I mean, if that ever summed up humanity in all worldly powers, because we put all our faith in the way the house looks, the way the nation looks, the power display that we have. That's why we keep hollering, we got to save it. We got to save it. We can save the cosmos. Things falling apart. People are attacking us. What are we going to do? Well, if you can find the one who can build it, he can build it again. Right. You then yeah. you're you're on another level of power. And yep. so then he goes on to say, which goes back to my point when it says regarding his son. I mean, those three words are very powerful because no matter what you read in that letter, it has to go through the filter of Jesus. Because then he says for every house, verse four of Hebrews three is built by someone. Common sense. But God is the builder of everything. Mo- Moses was faithful as a servant in, a, in all God's house, testifying to what would be said in the future. So he had a role to play, and he did his part. And, and Paul's going to discuss that in Romans. And that was a long time before Jesus even showed uh, up. Yeah, hundreds of years, which yeah. makes this even more unbelievable for him. But then verse 6. Hang on, Jace. Let's take our last break. Verse 6 is so profound, but it says, But Jesus Christ is faithful as a son over God's house, and we are his house. Yep. If we hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast. But, you know, the natural conclusion of that is he's more important than the house. You're like, oh, we're, we're God's house. The people, not the building. Not the establishment, not even the nation, but the builder of the house is more important. I mean, to me, if we just got that one principle as a religious world, we would be way more dynamic in the, in our daily lives. Well, yeah. <clears throat> and also back to and Rome, we would be more, way more righteous than we are now as yeah. a nation. To yeah. Romans one three, Jay. So regarding his son, this is why Paul is so brilliant in terms of a writer. Because the rest of verse 3 and verse 4, he sums up everything about Jesus in two verses. Regarding his son, who as to his human nature was a descendant of David. There's all that Jewish history. Yep. All the covenant of David. Going all the way back to Adam, Eve, Seth. Follow the lineage. Yep. Follow the lineage. But he came from Nazareth. Luke 3. (laughs) But he was born in Bethlehem, which they didn't know. And then verse 4, and who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the Son of God by His resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. So that's the the God of side of the equation. So I love it because in two verses, Paul explains the whole thing about Jesus, that He was human, but He is God yeah. at the same time. And how do we know that? Because of the resurrection. No doubt. And he also, Al, goes on to say your point in verse 6, and you also are among those who are called... But I like what you're called to. We don't. I don't. We don't use this phrase very much. We are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Yeah. That should be your answer whenever you are in a situation where mischief is about to take place. Because hey, people ask me all the time, "How do you overcome temptation? What do you do when you're in a setting and things are going wrong?" A good line to say is, "I belong to Jesus." Yeah. Whatever you are thinking about doing, that'll stop it. <laughs> and that'll stop the invitation. Yep. I belong to Jesus. I mean, you just think about your belongings, your personal belongings. They 
you know, they do what you, you know, they're your belongings. I mean, it's an interesting way to characterize our relationship here. This last Sunday, we recognized every year around the 1st of May, we've had a tradition going back at least 20 years at, at our church where we recognize high school graduating seniors. We get them up on stage. We usually give them a little gift and show some pictures of their development. Many of these kids grew up all through our church with children's ministry. They learned about Jesus. And one of the things I always tell them to, to what you said, the, the way I put it is remember who you are. Because you're going to go to some college campus. You're going to be sitting in these classes, and these woke professors are going to try this stuff on you. Remember two things. Remember who you are because you're us. We, we, we trained you for this moment. And remember whose you are. Because if you belong to Jesus, it doesn't yeah. matter whether they trial this, these theologies and all these tricks that people do to confuse you. If you belong to Jesus, you're greater than any kind of false thing that can possibly come against you. And it doesn't matter what they do yeah. to you. You're going to yep. live forever. I, I, tell you, that's I wish I had known that when Me I, too. That's, first, I was emotional. When I first something. ended my college career, I wish I had known that, unfortunately. I didn't, and after all the smoke cleared, you said, did you ever hear someone speak kindly? One kind word in eight years of my education about the word Jesus. Not one time. Much less the person. Much less the person, not once. Yeah. You say, it's, it's interesting. You look at our government, just how many times do you hear them say, the governing officials, either side, I don't care what you call them. You say, I don't hear the word you Jesus know coming out of it. That's why I brought up Nathaniel. I belong to it, 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 and, it, and I'm looking at him. I'm saying, how come y'all never mention him? But you know what's ironic? Daddy, you know what's ironic about that? Right now, in Ruston, Louisiana, there's a there's a plaque hanging with hundred, of 150 other plaques. The, the All the years of Louisiana Tech University, every year they pick one person. And they honor that person by saying, this is our alumnus of the year. And they're in the Alumni Hall of Fame. And so all these plaques are hanging on the wall with pictures. You're up there, 2014, and you know what it says on your plaque? A servant of Christ. Really? Really. And so the last you laugh... You told me that before. The last time. laugh is, is held by you because that's how, exactly how Roma starts out. Paul, a servant of Christ. And it's hanging in the Louisiana yeah. Tech. I can see it now. Louisiana Tech will decide to have one section of the, where they teach <laughs> about Jesus Christ. I don't know if we're going to go that far. You can go there. There's a course. Uh, he's yeah, a fellow from Galilee. He's the world upside he, down. That he's a carpenter, world. but we're going to talk about him. And if you want to go over there while you're being educated... If somebody had come to me and said, listen, you found out about this 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 person and, you know, he, he's the savior of the world, I'd have said, really? Yeah. Of course, you know, I don't have a religious background where it might have kept me from some of my mischief. I will say something else, though, Dad. So I, I stood there for 30 minutes and read all the plaques. Yours is the only one. Really? That mentions the name of Christ. <laughs> well, that's that is scary. <laughs> it does seem counterproductive uh, in our education system where they talk about being willing to talk about anything in education, but they don't want to talk about when most of the people identify themselves in some religious way across the globe. Right. We don't want to talk about that. Mm. It's the one issue that they, we don't want to talk about. So it. I guess, Good, bad, I, or guess I owe my former university an apology 
and say, you know what? You did put my my ugly face on the wall <laughs> and did. say, what do you say? I say it says. It, well, here's what it he, Here's Christ. the full thing. It says a duck hunting icon, which is true. I mean, you're probably the most famous duck hunter in the world. I guess, Jace, maybe you're the second most. Second one says TV personality, which let's face it, that's why you got on the wall was more because we had a hit TV show. I mean, just being honest. And then third, third, but most important, a servant of Christ. Well, that was good. Somebody put so that. I, apologize. I actually, I actually wrote it. But Louisiana I, Tech is bringing Jesus back into the curriculum. I'm telling you what, well, y'all do that, and I'll send you some money. So far, uh, I haven't sent you a dime. I, I was going to say. Put a department that say, by the way, we're going to tell you about Jesus. We don't care what anybody says. So people have names on buildings. I have a check ready that will, you will receive when that happens. If they uh, have one where you can. It's a good deal. Where people can preach the gospel, they'll be the Robertson Hall. I will donate money to the university. <laughs> oh, there you I'll go. do the class for free. Bradshaw, my old buddy Bradshaw said, feel all they want when they put your plaque up there. All they want is a check. <laughs> Look, I'm like, when they get a department that. that teaches about Jesus, <laughs> just a little bit, but but at least bring his name up from time they'll to time. They'll offer a class where they share Jesus. Look, I'll volunteer to teach it, and then you can just pay me if you want to give a contribution. By the way, my edu- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saying we'll circle. Wait a minute, I will too. I'll my try. education, by the way, for the ones who are who are, are interested, it didn't help me with the, making the duck calls. Miss K says it actually did. Because yeah, she said, but, you know, but sometimes knowledge is not the key. You learn. It's kind of like when I went to the school with Al. I had a miserable time, but it taught me discipline and patience, and and just the the fact that I graduated yeah. really taught you the spiritual qualities that you needed to make it work. I've always said college education teaches you as much about how to deal with the world as anything, and a so, lot about yeah. perseverance. That's right. Just stay the course. Well, I've always said in our education system, it's like eating fish and you got to spit out the bones. The problem is now when you get a non-Christian university, all you're doing is hacking on the bones. It's all bones. It's all bones. You're just... (laughs) 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 You're like that old dog underneath the table. I'm like, give me some sustenance, some meat. Uh, That's true. Well, anyway, Romans, we're off and running with with our study of Romans. I want to encourage... uh, our uh, unashamed nation to read ahead a little bit, you know, and, and it'll help you when we go through it. If you kind of read through the book, I, I've read through it several times just in prep for it. If you get, if you read something in its context, it helps you when you go back and you kind of yeah. talk about it. So and I'll get, I would say I, it's I, about my, my most favorite book. I love it. It's, it's, I do too. I'll, I'll give you an example. I know we're out of time, but even that verse we just read that those who belong to Jesus, I did a class one time that, how we belong to Jesus, but by that you deduct that, oh, I belong. Because one of the struggles that we have is feeling inadequate, unworthy. We have our sin. We have our baggage. And just say when you read a verse, you immediately think, oh, I belong to Jesus. But then there's a lot of ways to look at that. And one of the great blessings we get to experience is that, oh, even me, I I have a place where I belong. That's exactly right. And most people want to belong to something. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.